Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to another edition of the Fans First Sports Network's NFL Draft Recap Show. My name is Jeremy Betts, and I'm joined once again by my fellow draft Nick Andrew Wilbar as we talk AFC North draft results and recap our favorite selections, best values, and more for every AFC North squad. Andrew, welcome. How's it going, man? Doing well. It's a very interesting division, division that you and I pay very close attention to. I've got to say, overall, this is one of the best divisions in terms of overall grades. And that says a lot to the organizations that are within inside this division. Some not with the greatest reputation. Others who have been known for putting together some good drafts in recent years. Overall, though, I thought each team did a pretty good job. Yeah, we've discussed, obviously, the, the Steelers draft extensively as opposed for the Steel Curtain Network's Steelers Fix podcast. But we're going to take... Off our black and gold glasses a little bit here for you guys, just to keep an objective approach to our conversation today, because you're right. Each of these teams did a fantastic job addressing their needs with the picks that they had. You look at the Browns, who didn't have a pick until the third round. They made it work, and they actually selected really good players with those picks. And then you talk about some of these other squads that, have been listed among the contenders or at least in, in the realm of maybe if they had a really good draft, they could push themselves into that category like the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns kind of fit into that category as well. But when you 
put them all together, this division maybe improved themselves the most out of any division in the NFL if you look at the four teams together combined total. And I think as we go through the remainder of the divisions, maybe we'll change our mind a little bit. But for now, three that we have done so far, this division had the most complete draft. I would agree with you there. So let's dive right into it. We're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. And what we do on the show is we look at the best selection, the worst selection, the best value, and then Andrew and I are going to give it a grade as well. So let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals, who in the first round selected Miles Murray defensive end out of Clemson, who fell down the draft board a little bit from what many were thinking could be a top 20 pick potentially, a player that fits their profile for edge rusher and a guy that should have the athletic traits and the motor and the coaching there under Lou Anarumo to to really get going and, and potentially be a stud for them. In the second round, DJ Turner, one of your boys out of Michigan, cornerback, the fastest player at the NFL Combine in this draft class. Jordan Battle, safety in the third round. Charlie Jones out of Purdue, a wide receiver in the fourth. And then in the fifth round, they selected Chase Brown, one of your favorite backs in this class. And then two six-round picks, Andre Yoshivas, wide receiver out of Princeton, one of my favorite wide receiver prospects in this class. Brad Robbins, another Michigan guy out of out of Ann Arbor and a, a punter, though. So the the Bengals, one of the few teams to actually draft a specialist in this selection process. DJ Ivy rounded out their picks in the seventh round, a cornerback out of Miami. Andrew, tell us your favorite pick of these guys and why you like them so much. Well, I am going to go with DJ Turner. Corner was the biggest need, in my opinion, for the Bengals. And it was a position that had to be addressed. They didn't have much on the outside. You have Mike Hilton in the slot. They really don't have great talent on either side of the field on that boundary. This was an excellent pick. Turner, at the beginning of his time at Michigan, was primarily a man coverage corner. And I would still say that's his best, the best part of his game. But after Don Brown left, brought in McDonald as defensive coordinator from Baltimore, brought in some more zone concepts, mixed some stuff up. The beginning of that year, Turner struggled a little bit at first. But as the year went on, he continuously improved. By the end of the year, he was playing zone almost as good as he was in man, and he only improved this past season, became a true lockdown corner. Absolutely love this pick. This was excellent value for DJ Turner. I mean, in his career, gave up, what was it, I believe like a 40-something passer rating mm. in his career at Michigan. A true lockdown corner for Michigan. Doesn't have the size at only 5'10", 183, but a guy who is a good open field tackler. So I believe he can play on the outside if they need him to. And I think in Cincinnati, he's going to really love this pick. It was an excellent value. I had a late first round grade on him. So getting him at yeah. where they did was excellent value. Yeah. 29th pick in the second round for a guy that many were projecting. If there was a run on cornerbacks could go maybe to the Bengals at the end of the first round. So they kind of pulled a Steelers and got the cornerback they wanted in the second round that many thought that they would go after in the first round. We'll talk about that selection for Pittsburgh later, but let's move on to the draft pick you liked least. And, you know, we graded this draft class pretty well for the Bengals. So maybe the caveat comes with it. You don't hate the pick necessarily, but of their selections, it was your least favorite. Tell us why. Yeah, I went with Miles Murphy. I don't think it's horrible value at this point. Like you said, some people thought he could go as early as the top 20. I wasn't as high as on him as some people just because of his inconsistency from week to week. He'd have big spurts of production, but would never really from game to game. You wouldn't see that conceit of him always generating pressure on the quarterback. 
That's a concern for me. Plus the bigger issue, the biggest reason why I don't care for the pick is because one of the bigger needs was tight end for a team that didn't end up addressing tight end. Michael Mayer was staying there. CM Laporta was sitting Mm -hmm. there. All the tight ends outside of Dalton Kincaid were still on the board. I felt they would have been better suited going in that direction. I felt like that would have been the way for them to go. Still not an awful pick. They need to generate more pressure as well. That I thought was overall a good draft class. This was probably my least favorite. Yeah, I think Miles Murphy kind of got undersold as the draft process went along for just how athletic he is, though. When you look at the tape from Clemson, you really see him just fire off the ball. You see the length and the bend that you want to see. There's been some issue with Clemson pass rushers, Clemson defensive ends in recent draft history. So I'm sure there was some trepidation there from teams as well. But when you talk about adding to a position that – the Bengals might not necessarily needed a superstar at maybe a, a rotational player. It's never a bad idea though, to build in the trenches and to, to add depth there. So miles Murphy definitely does that. Uh, but let's move on to your best value pick. And it is that running back chase Brown fifth round. Yep. So adding chase Brown to a backfield, that's kind of in flux right now. We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. He's got some legal trouble and he didn't perform exceedingly well last year for what the Bengals were expecting. So is Chase Brown a guy who could push Joe Mixon for carries, or do you see him as more of a role player for this team early on? I'm curious to see what happens with Mixon if he's still with the team at the beginning of the year. We'll see what happens with his contract. If he's there, I envision him being the starter and probably the workhorse back. But I'm telling you what, if something happens to Mixon, he goes down, Chase Brown ain't looking back. This guy, Mm. I love. I, two guys that I felt were really undersold throughout the process were Izzy Bonaconda from Pitt yes. and Chase Brown from Illinois. He did not have much of an offensive line at all, and still this past year averaged five yards a carry, 328 rushes. So, like, it's not just, you know, as a part-time back. 1,643 rushing yards. He also had 27 catches for 240 yards out of the backfield. That's an 8.9 yards per reception. For a running back, that's not bad. This guy is a well-balanced yeah. back. He's willing to put – his head in there as a run blocker and a pass blocker. You know, if you got another running back back there, he's willing to block for that guy. He's a team first guy. And I appreciate that. He's a good athlete. I didn't know how good of an athlete he was until the combine when he, yeah. you know, post a 40 inch vertical, a four, four in the 40. I'm like, Whoa, I did not see this coming because like you see the traits some on tape when he's in the open field, but that was so rare because he was always in between the tackles. He wasn't able to get out in space a lot. The way that they utilized him, everything mm-hmm. was, in between the tackles. And I think that this guy has a chance to be a three down back in the NFL. Yeah. He's got a little bit of tread, but when you look at, you know, his snaps going back to 2018 at Western Michigan, not used that often. And he was really only a part-time back until this past season when he exploded. I absolutely love this pick for the Bengals. I think he is their starting running back and it wouldn't shock me if he ends up doing even better than what Joe Mixon has done the past few seasons. I like Mixon, but I absolutely love what Chase Brown brings to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he's going to be a good running back, good starting running back in the NFL for a long time. How good was this Illinois draft class? Not in, bad. In 2023. I mean, I don't, I didn't haven't followed Illinois drafts, Illinois players that much to be able to say best Illinois draft ever, but you're talking guys at a bunch of different positions, especially the defense that could be difference makers at the NFL level. Chase Brown on the offense, another one of those guys. Let's grade this draft class. Andrew, we gave it the same grade. Tell us what the grade is and why you've given it. Yeah, I'm going to give them an A-. minus. I really don't have any complaints about the draft. Like I said, DJ Ivy, were there better corners available in the seventh? Yeah. 
Brad Robbins, I really like. I got to interview him for the Steelers Fix podcast on the Steel Curtain Network earlier this year. I like that selection, even though it is a punter. Were there better players available than Jordan Battle? Possibly. Charlie Jones, I thought that was good value in the fourth. I really can't complain. There were some mm-hmm. picks where I'd say, you know, maybe I would have taken somebody different, but I can't say I necessarily hate any of the selections they made. Yeah, they needed safety too, and Battle plays at Alabama. The Bengals have really been pushing guys that come from NFL-style structures when you talk about Michigan, the guys that they've selected from there the last couple drafts, Dax Hill last year, and then adding a guy like Jordan Battle. That improves their defense from what they had. So, yeah, probably some better players, maybe some higher-profile positions they could have addressed, but you can't knock it too bad. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm married to a Cleveland Browns fan, so she's going to be listening into this podcast. I still don't and, know how uh, you can do that. No, we make it work. You know, we draw that line down the middle of the living room in NFL season, and you know, we just we watch the games and and we make it work. So, which side does your child reside on? Oh, my side, absolutely. Okay, the, all right. You're the little good. one will be a Steelers fan, and I will make it so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. No, let's talk about the Browns, though because I thought they had a pretty decent draft as well. And talking about a team that that has a pretty solid roster, there's a lot of questions, though. Is Deshaun Watson going to come back and be the type of player that we were used to seeing out of him in his Houston days? Did the Browns have enough selections and enough draft capital, if you will, to make an impact on their season, on their roster? Are these guys going to even be contributors for them? It's going to be interesting to see, but they did a good job without having a first or second round pick. Their first selection was Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee, who lasted till the 11th pick of the third round, Andrew, a guy that I thought might be pushing up draft boards to maybe the early second round. Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee is an explosive player, a big wide receiver who, if it weren't for injuries in 2022, probably would have seen a first round grade and first round exposure by a lot of these teams so then moving on to their second pick in the third round Siaki Ika out of Baylor defensive tackle massive dude who's going to plug the middle for them for a long time Dewan Jones another big body out of Ohio State this time at offensive tackle Isaiah McGuire defensive end out of Missouri in the fourth round and then Dorian Thompson Robinson a quarterback out of UCLA with their first pick in the fifth followed by Cameron Mitchell cornerback out of Northwestern and then finishing up the draft with another Ohio state prospect, a local kid, Luke Whipler out of Ohio state at center, a guy who lasted a long time on the board that many thought might've been even the best center in this class. Let's talk about it. Andrew, who is your favorite selection for the Cleveland Browns? I'm going to go a different route than what I had expected. I'm going with Dorian Thompson Robinson. I didn't, I mean, this was only fair value based upon the grade that I gave him. But I think this is an excellent fit. Sitting behind Deshaun Watson, he plays a very similar style to Deshaun Watson. Very comfortable with the same rollout plays out of the gun. Prefers playing out of the gun. And he really matured this past year. He had a chance to come out last year, decide to go back. And, you know, he would tell you, you know, I wanted to go back. I wanted to mature. I wanted to get better. Mm -hmm. I wanted to improve aspects of my game that were not up to par. And he went back and had a really good season. He's still not the greatest passer. He doesn't have, you know the most elite arm he has a good arm but I think he grew so much that he proved to NFL teams that okay this is a guy we can work with a guy who's not going to give us any issues in the locker room he's a guy that's gonna work his tail off 
do the absolute best he possibly can. And we're going to put him under a guy with Deshaun Watson, which we don't know what's going to happen in the future with Deshaun Watson. He struggled last year when he came back. What if he ends up getting suspended again, you know, with all this legal stuff going on? We can get in, dive into all that a different day. But ultimately, I thought this was a good pick based upon the fact that they can keep the scheme the exact same. If something does happen to Deshaun Watson, mm -hmm. they can bring him in. And for a team that didn't have any extremely early picks, they weren't picking until the middle of the third round. I felt like they did a good job. And there were some good picks. I know you mentioned Cedric Tillman and Dewan Jones in the fourth, Isaiah McGuire in the fourth as well. Like they had some other good selections, but based upon fit, exclusive fit, I felt mm -hmm. like Dorian Thompson Robinson was interesting. Not one that I would have put together before the draft, but afterward looking at him, like this is actually a really smart selection by the Cleveland Browns. For your least favorite pick, you have Cameron Mitchell. Did you really not like the pick or is this another one of those decent draft overall? Just had to pick one. What do you think? It's another decent draft overall. And it, I can't pick one. I'm not in love with really any of their picks. Like we mentioned Tillman, you know, it was good value where they got him. But as a prospect, you know, it doesn't separate. So, you know, you have some concerns there. Eco with remaining fit. There's questions mm -hmm. about all these guys. But at the same time, I can't say I hate any of those selections where they got them. They're still solid value. So yeah. Mitchell, he's a guy. Okay, athleticism. He's probably going to be a practice squad guy. Can't expect every seventh round pick to make the roster. So I'm not saying I necessarily hate Cameron Mitchell. But I had to choose something, and I felt like there were better corners available. We saw some of the corners that went in the seventh round that had fallen on draft boards. I felt they would have been better suited going in a different direction. But, again, this is being really nitpicky. When we're looking at these picks, obviously we don't know how the player is going to turn out. So you never know. Some of these guys could be really big hits. But what we're trying to do is, based on the picks that they had, where they were, the players that were available to them, that kind of determines our who's who's the best pick, who's the worst pick, and then even our grade at the end as well. You don't know. Cameron Mitchell might turn into the best cornerback in this draft. You never know because some crazy things happen. So let's talk about your best value pick, though, Andrew. I think we agree on this one, and it's Luke Whipler, the man out of Ohio State playing center. Tell us about Luke and, and why you think he is the best value for the Browns. Yeah, I got to talk with him briefly at the scouting combine during his press interview. Very calm, very collected. He's not the flashiest center you've ever seen. And when you think of a guy who declares so young at only 20 years old, you're like, you know, this guy must be, you know, a top yeah. end talent. He's not necessarily the most gifted center in the world, but he's consistent. He's wise beyond his years. Very technically sound. What is his upside? Will he ever be an elite center? No, I don't think so. Could he be a starting center? Absolutely. I think he could be a starting mm -hmm. center, a mid-level starting center in the NFL. And when you're talking where they got him, an absolute steal. I don't know all the medical information. I don't know exactly why he fell outside of different potential health concerns. But getting him at pick 190, this is a guy that I had a third-round grade on. I felt like overall would have been a solid pick for them a lot earlier. And, you know, they needed some depth on the interior of their offensive mm -hmm. lines. He's not the most versatile guy, but still sixth round guy who you can plug and play at center if you need someone, which they don't immediately. But they are a team that's going to be looking at that in the next year or two. Yeah. So if it works out great, if not, it's just a sixth round pick. So I thought this was excellent value. Yeah, more of a finesse player as a center than a, a true power interior player. But he's going to help very much so keep Deshaun Watson or whoever's playing quarterback back there in the future clean. I think he could have a long career, like you're saying. I gave this draft a B-plus grade. Nobody really jumped out to you as superb, but that can also play into the fact that they didn't have a first or second round pick. So with what they had, they did a great job. I thought you have a little bit higher grade. Tell us why. 
Yeah, I was going between B plus and A minus. I give him A minus just looking at that Luke Whipler selection. Mm-hmm. Isaiah McGuire, again, another guy I didn't love for the Steelers per se, but in a 4-3 system that Cleveland has, his tape is not bad. And, you know, he has a lot of bursts coming off the edge. He fixed some of the technical issues in his game. I think he can become more consistent. And, you know, Dewan Jones, a guy that I wasn't as high on as most people, or at least a lot of people in the Steelers community were. But a guy, once you get to that fourth round, I mean, he's got such incredibly long arms. Mm-hmm. Probably never going to play left tackle, but on the right, you can play him at right tackle. And you're looking at a Zach Banner type guy who yeah. – you know, if he can stay healthy, we always have that concern with the bigger lineman, but if he can stay healthy, you got yourself a starting offensive tackle and a really good one at the beginning of the day three. So I'm going to give it an A minus. Yeah. Big Thanos, they call Dewan Jones. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get to the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers draft classes. Don't go anywhere. FFSN's NFL draft recap for the AFC North. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, we're back on the draft recap show for the AFC North. We're going to talk Baltimore Ravens. Let's dive right into it, Andrew. The Ravens, another AFC North team having a good draft. They selected Zay Flowers in the first round. He's going to come in and hopefully for Baltimore, give Lamar Jackson another weapon. I mean, the excuses are out the door for Lamar Jackson now if he can't develop into the type of passer that – the league needs to see him be in order to validate this massive contract that the Ravens just paid him. Todd Monken coming in from Georgia as the offensive coordinator, hopefully can unlock that side of him. That's why they move on from Greg Roman, I think. And Zay Flowers adding to Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. That's that's a good wide receiver room for the Ravens now. No excuse for Lamar Jackson. Get it done, man, if you're going to be the guy. And he better be because they just paid him like he is. So Trenton Simpson in the third round, amazing pick for the Ravens, in my opinion. We'll talk about him a little bit more, the linebacker out of Clemson. Tavius Robinson out of Ole Miss, outside linebacker. And then in the fifth round, Caillou Blue Kelly, one of the best names in the draft at cornerback out of Stanford. I'm going to butcher this one, Andrew, in the sixth round. Malesala Amave Lalu. 
Malisala Amave Lalu. I think he's a really chill guy. I got well. to talk to him at the combine. He yeah. he's happy. He had a smile on his face the whole time. He loved it. I'm excited to see what he does. That's fantastic. And then another offensive lineman, Andrew Voorhees out of USC, our man who tore his ACL, I think, in the yep. combine. So tragic news for him there, but did get selected and could be an absolute steal based on the type of player he was in college. Let's dive into this draft class, though, and talk about your favorite pick. This is difficult because I can't figure out which is the, the best value pick and which one is the best pick overall. I'm sure. going to go with Andrew Voorhees as the best pick because to me, this is beyond a value pick. This is yeah. an absolute steal. I had a third round grade on him. You watch this tape. I mean, before this injury, we were talking about him as a mid second round pick. Even after the injury, we're like, you know, maybe fourth round. If he happens to fall to the fourth, I know the Steelers don't need guard, but that would be tempting in the fourth round. This guy falls all the way to the end of the draft. Mm. I'm telling you what, the Baltimore Ravens got themselves a steal here. And it showed a lot. It showed a testament to his work ethic, his pride as a player. When after he tore his ACL with a leg off the bench, puts up 38 bench reps. That's incredible. I wasn't in love with this guy before the combine necessarily, but that showed me a lot and made me want to go back and look into his game a little bit more. And I tell you what, this guy, he's a really good pass blocker, not the most powerful guy in the run game, but a guy who has good functional strength. He's not going to get pushed around. He's not going to get pushed off the ball. I really, really, really like the selection. I think the Baltimore Ravens got themselves a future starter at guard. Probably won't be available this year, but in 2024, I think this guy's starting for the Baltimore Ravens on the offensive line. Praying and hoping he comes back healthy and that he'll have no lingering issues from that injury. Your least favorite pick, Tavius Robinson. Tell us why. Yeah, again, it's difficult in this division because we both like these drafts overall. And Tavius Robinson's not a bad fit, per se, in Baltimore. He has a good get-off off the line of scrimmage. It's just learning to become a better finisher. There's some issues in terms of his hand technique and you know getting hand placement in the run game, being able to use that as a way of getting leverage. There's some minor issues in his game that I think he can fix in time. When you're talking fourth-round pick, ah, I felt it was yeah. a little bit high based upon the players and the talent that were still available. Don't hate the pick necessarily, but if I'm giving this pick, I'd probably give it about a C just for that reason. I felt there were better edge rushers available. Thomas Nkumu fell all the way out. And, you, you know, you had other edge rushers that I know went much later, and they're like, well, yeah, we could have gotten them with a later pick. But I still felt there was better talent on the board than Tavius Robinson. That's why I didn't per- love that selection, per se. Moving on, though, to another one of those where you're like, is this the best pick or best value? You gave it best value, and that's Trenton Simpson. Lasting to the third round and being selected where he was, Andrew, this guy's not a third-round inside linebacker, is he? As bad as this class was, I thought he was a back end of the first round, early second round type player. Tell us a little bit more about why he's the best value for the Ravens here. Yeah, I had a mid-second on Trenton Simpson. I absolutely loved, you know, going back to his early tape. You know, as a freshman, sophomore at Clemson, I really liked him going back one year. So this would have been, what, his 2021 tape. It was better overall, and he showed a little bit more range, a little bit more flashiness on the field more consistently anyways this past year you can tell he has the talent he has the traits he has the size he has the range he has everything you want in a mac linebacker for a 3-4 team the issue is he doesn't have the greatest instincts some people are like well it's because of a lack of physicality i don't think it's because of a lack of physicality i truly believe he just doesn't have excellent instincts can those get better over time we'll see 
at this point, I feel it's worth it. You know, it, it's very low risk third round mm-hmm. picks. I mean, you're still expecting starters with your third round picks. In my opinion, yeah. if you're going into the draft, you expect your first three guys to be competing for starting jobs. So Simpson is going to be there, but Patrick Queen has not been the most consistent linebacker. They're not committed to him long-term. You got to find someone else to play alongside Roquan Smith. So overall, I thought this was a good pick for the Baltimore Ravens. They know how to draft best player available and it usually pays off yeah. for them. They may have done it again. Yeah. The fact that the Ravens declined the fifth year option on Patrick Queen and then selected Trenton Simpson, who profiles similarly as a run and hit linebacker, a very Ravens move, a very Eric DaCosta move to make, just made a lot of sense. I give this draft an A minus grade, bumped it up a little bit just because of the value for Andrew Voorhees and Trenton Simpson. It's incredible that they were able to land both of these guys several rounds after they were expected to go, even after they'd been devalued a little bit in totally different circumstances, obviously throughout the draft process, but man, the Ravens nailed it and their fans have to be excited that their team got better and they should be competing for an AFC North crown in 2023. Andrew, what is your grade for the Ravens? I'm going to give them a B plus only because Zay Flowers, I know that that's who kind of Lamar Jackson was hinting that he wanted. I don't totally understand why, though, because he has struggled to hit some of the smaller receivers Baltimore has had in the past. So I felt if you're going to go receiver, go for a bigger body or Mm -hmm. add a second tight end to pair with Mark Andrews. That's what I would have done. But again, you want to keep your quarterback happy. If Zay Flowers is his guy, totally understand. He's a good player overall. I like Zay where they got him. But Tavius Robinson, like we mentioned, a little bit of a reach. Caillou Blue Kelly doesn't really fit their scheme overall. He doesn't have the greatest length. Usually they like length in their corners. Maybe I'm being a little bit too nitpicky here. But overall, still a really good draft for Baltimore. I just think there were a couple spots where they could have really knocked it out of the park, and they did not. Yeah, I wanted to give it an F because I'm a Steelers fan and because they drafted the one guy that I have no chance of pronouncing his name. So, But anyway, you can't do it. It's a fantastic draft. Let's move on, though, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, in my opinion, as trying to be unbiased, I thought had the best draft of the AFC North teams in really good set of drafts here. But let's talk about it. Starting at the top, Broderick Jones, the Steelers traded up for him with the Patriots, selecting him at 14 overall offensive tackle out of Georgia, and then still landing Joey Porter Jr. with the first pick of the second round that they got from the Chicago Bears. Fantastic value there. Keanu Benton pegged the Steelers a lot throughout the pre-draft process, the defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. They got him with their second, second-round pick, and then trading back and still landing Darnell Washington in the third round. Great value there as well. Fourth-round selection was Nick Herbig, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, tweener, if you will, out of Wisconsin. No fifth-round pick, no sixth-round pick. Moving on to the seventh round, they got Corey Trice, out of Purdue, another long-rangey cornerback. And then their final pick in the seventh round, Spencer Anderson, offensive guard, offensive tackle, offensive center, whatever you need him to be, he can be that. Great draft for the Steelers, though. Let's dive into it, Andrew. Who was your favorite selection by the Steelers in this draft class? It's got to be Joey Porter Jr. It's got to be Joey. I had a fifth overall. Fifth overall player on the big board this year. Wow. This guy has everything in the book. People overlook him and just glance at him and like, oh, he's a legacy pick. 
look into his tape. I know he doesn't have that many interceptions, but this guy does have ball skills. He uses his length. The swat passes away. I think interceptions will come for him. That doesn't always happen in the NFL, but that's typically with guys who don't even have any passes defended either. This guy gets in passing lanes. This guy is aggressive. The one concern is, you know, gets a little grabby at times. You know, you got to make sure that he doesn't get in trouble for that in the NFL. He didn't get called for it much in college, but in the NFL, there's times if he doesn't improve that, they are going to call it. But overall, I felt he was the best corner in this draft. I thought the Steelers got an absolute steal at 32. And I'm saying this as a guy who is perennially anti-Steelers draft. Really in my life that I've been absolutely in love with a Steelers draft class. I usually do not like the approach the Steelers take. But i got to say, I was wrong about this front office. Omar Khan proved me wrong so far, and he has done an excellent job building this team. Joey Porter Jr. is maybe the biggest reason why. Yeah, they were. there was a lot of talk they'd try to trade out a 32. But in the end, they just loved Joey Porter Jr. And an offer didn't come that absolutely blew them away. So they were content to stand pat and just take JPJ much to the joy and amazement of Steelers Nation that they were able to to still get him there. So let's move on to the worst pick, though, Andrew. Is it Spencer Anderson in the seventh round? That's who I put down for myself. Do you agree, or did you have somebody else in this class that that you thought maybe was kind of a reach or, or just didn't really fit with what the draft had been building to at that point? Yeah, I agree. The Steelers have this infatuation with guys who are the mold of Marquise Pouncey athletically. Mm. And I think this is the next guy there. I think they're trying to mold him into the next center. Some of his athletic numbers are just as good or even better than Marquise Pouncey's. That is what they're looking at. He's played all along the offensive line, tackle guard center. He can play wherever, but I think for the Steelers, he's going to be used as a developmental center. He'll be on the practice squad this year. More than likely. I don't see any team claiming him off waivers. So I think he's pretty safe on the practice squad. And I'm pretty yeah. sure you would agree with that. But he's a guy, is maybe as soon as next year, if the Steelers want to move on from Mason Cole, this is a guy who may get a chance to prove himself in the preseason and as we get into the regular season. Could he be much worse than Kendrick Green to where they would keep Green over Spencer Anderson, potentially? I think that's his way into the roster. If he's going to make the 53, that's probably his way in as the in-training backup center, if you will. (laughs) So good luck to you, Spencer Anderson. Don't hate the pick, but obviously you got to pick one that's your least favorite of this group. Let's talk about the best value pick, though, Andrew. Who'd you go with? I'm going to go with Darnell Washington, and I know that you would agree with this one because he's your guy. Getting him at this point, it was was a steal. And I'll let you discuss your boy Darnell Washington, but you know that I love that pick as well. Yeah. And But I will mention Corey Trice as well. A guy had a fourth round grade on, fell to the seventh round. This guy's got starting potential. Six foot three, 206. He has the length, mid four, four speed. He has good burst in his jumps. He's really athletic at the point of attack. I think it was a great pick. He could be the starter opposite Joey Porter Jr. a few years from now. Who knows? We'll wait and see. But Darnell Washington, yeah, you, you can't beat yeah. the value where the Steelers got him at. You know who Corey Trice reminds me of, just real quick, before I jump on the Darnell train? He reminds me of Tariq Woolen, who went to Seattle last year. Similar athletic profile, long, rangy, fast. Woolen ran a little faster, but their athleticism, their change of direction ability was very similar. So maybe the Steelers got to steal themselves like the Seattle Seahawks did last year. But yeah, let's talk about my boy, Darnell Washington. And I know there's a lot of people that have been on this hype train as well, but the fact that they were able to get him in the late third round, the fact that so many teams passed on him, 
because of the medical issue, maybe because they didn't see how he would actually fit into their offense. For me, this guy has the potential to be the key that unlocks Matt Canada's offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers because he can just be used in such a variety of different ways. If they wanted to, they would, would never have to take him off the field on offense just because he can provide value to your team in whatever situation you're trying to put your offense in. I don't care if it's five wide and he's the flanker, the Y that just runs and, and finds a spot in the middle of the field in zone and, and sifts through that and is your six foot seven target that Kenny Pickett can just throw up as a prayer if nothing else is working. I don't care if he's there taking on outside linebackers and defensive end as a sixth lineman. He's going to be a weapon for this team. And so when you think of a guy who had late first round hype heading into the draft, mid second round at the latest, and he falls to the end of the third round, that's fantastic value. You cannot make this up if you're Steelers fans. So with all that being said, Andrew, I give this draft an A plus because I think the value of Joey Porter Jr., the value of Darnell Washington, Corey Trice, combined with meeting needs with Broderick Jones and some of these other selections and not really reaching too much, actually letting the board fall to you and taking fantastic value with basically every single one of your selections. That just speaks volumes to the fact that the Steelers regime was ready to play it a little differently than they had in the past. So I liked it a lot. A plus for me. What's your grade? I just went within the straight A. No, no complaints. Keanu Benton, I thought was a good pick, not a great pick. Nick Herbig, okay pick, not a great pick. And then we mentioned Spencer Anderson, the guy I didn't even have in my top 400. So for those reasons, I just give it an A. But again, nitpicking, this is the first time. It feels so good to be happy about a Steelers draft. It's a new feeling for me. I typically, after the draft is over, I'll be like, man, they didn't really take any of my players that I really loved. This draft, they took like all of them. So I could not be more ecstatic, but Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. We will see how it goes for all of these teams in the AFC North. I think that's a wrap, Andrew, for this episode. Any final thoughts, though, before we go? I don't think so. It's going to be an interesting division. Again, the AFC is stacked. So there's going to be some good teams that don't make the playoffs. We'll see how many teams can make it out of this division. It's going to be an interesting race. Yeah, you can find us back here on the FFSN NFL feed for these draft recaps we're going to have more coming up we'll be back with the nfc north later this week on the fans first sports network but you guys all have a fantastic day be safe out there that's going to do it for us from fans first sports network Time to stop and check them out.